Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. And we're here in my living room coming at you with some ORF awesomeness this week. Uh, we've been telling the story of Chula Vista Elementary School District and how we're all revitalizing the music programs within that school district. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we wanted to focus on our introduction to the ORF show work. And yep. how it has revolutionized our district What's and that? our teaching. Well, we're going to talk about that, John. But we've kind of covered it a little bit in past we episodes. Have. We have. Okay, so since you asked, what is ORF? ORF Schulwerk. John? ORF is a, according to Webster, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's not a method, it's a process, really. Mm-hmm. Um essentially formed by Carl Orff and other people amongst his community of how to express music through, or how to teach music through movement and folk music and you guys. Simple can, instruments. Yeah, simple speech. Instruments. It's, it's, um, it's naturalistic learning of music, essentially, mm-hmm. but through dance, through music, through all of these simple like the rudimentary approaches right yeah well i love it because it takes the it takes the um idea that children are inherently musical yes. and it harnesses that right. so you know anybody that's had a little toddler skipping through their house singing songs you know singing themselves to sleep like no it's kids come packaged as musical critters mm-hmm. well, i i have an eighth month old at home oh. and uh-huh. i know that Gemma she responds more to music like uh, singing to her than she does me talking to her like get her mm. smile if i talk to her but if i sing to her she engages she bops her head she's mm-hmm. you know she's interested and she just has that curiosity of what's happening right. absolutely i'm into this i think right. that's the uh, something i missed on the key part is exploration i feel like mm. that's a really big part there are other methods of teaching music that are much more systematic but this is much more of a exploration understanding music through interacting with it as mm-hmm. opposed to this is an eighth note, this is a quarter note. Yeah, boys and girls, right. congratulations, you get your award. Like that's right. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it is elemental, and yes, so it is. you do have those like very strong building blocks, uh, like rhythmic building blocks and tonal building blocks that. I think set students up for success. Definitely, and all of us mm-hmm. teach our kids how to read music in our music programs. Yep. But we, but the the ORF approach is is basically you should learn how to speak well before you learn how to write or read. Yeah, and uh, and so we we teach our kids how to how to make something beautiful without necessarily learning what the notes look like until right. later. Right. And I yeah. think it's I think it's great. One um, of the things that's been mentioned before is that you know as we're we're learning English, we don't learn grammar before mm-hmm. we learn vocabulary a similar situation should happen in music we don't need to learn the theory behind it we focus a lot on theory not orf but a lot of people focus a lot on theory we should learn music first off by just interacting with it and then the grammar mm-hmm. can come later on some of us still don't know proper grammar what? it's okay <laughs> it's okay it's not about perfection uh, so a lot of us hadn't heard much about orf work before joining the district three years ago um but I distinctly remember the day we were in our Friday professional development and Michael Gray and Andrea Levitt got up and they gave an introduction mm-hmm. to Orf Schulwerk. Yep. Um, I know that was the first time I'd ever had anybody lay it out for me as clearly and concisely as they did mm-hmm. um, and just say, hey, this is this is what this is. We've both been through Orf level training. You should look at the San Diego chapter. Um, and I was just wondering what you guys remembered of that day. 
I remembered that I felt inadequate. No. Oh, really? <laughs> that was my. That was the beginning of my second year, and mm-hmm. I was already. You know, I had a better sense of what I was teaching, but mm-hmm. my gosh, I mean, Michael and Andrea were just, you know, they were they knew their stuff, mm-hmm. and like also Orf approach definitely spoke to me, and for that very reason, it's like, oh, poop. I don't know much. <laughs> There's a first for everything. Now is... we have said the word poop. <laughs> Not twice. <laughs> I know for me, it it took me a little bit of time to really like embrace it because mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast yet, but this idea of conservatory kind of method of teaching, and I was so rooted in that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, students have banned. to know how... Right. Yes. That, that was my yes. background was band. And right. that was my background of like, well, if you don't know how to read music and play it on your instrument, like you're not a musician. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of learning on my part and just really kind of re-identifying what a musician is mm-hmm. and what it means to be musical. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that that PD and I, I sat there and I'm like, well, this is fun and cool, but like it's not... You know, it's not what I'm going to be doing in my it's not program, serious. right? You yeah. know, and like <laughs> I had these dreams and aspirations of having this like state winning, uh, award winning band, and all these other things, yeah. and like just smoking jackets and turtlenecks. Well, and- obviously, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, be you rubbing shoulders with the big wings. <laughs> but uh, but it's really introduced me just to this concept of play, and that play, yep. yes. mm-hmm. if directed in the right direction, is beautiful and learning and. Orf is very sneaky. Like, mm-hmm. through all the trainings we've done, I'm able to take a song, and the kids don't realize that they're learning the song by the way I'm teaching it, where mm-hmm. it's like, listen for the last word. Yep. Now listen for the word that repeats the most. It's a game. How many times mm-hmm. does it repeat? Mm-hmm. Can you sing that part this time? And so by the time the kids attempt the song that I'm trying to teach them for the first time as a whole song, they've heard it a mm-hmm. dozen times yep. already. Yep. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that. They're just, they're focused and they're engaged in that very quick activity that's, mm-hmm. well, I'm listening for the last word. What is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's this. So it's a, it's a fun way. Yeah. yeah. And they can also identify the form clearly and tell you which words rhyme and where the phrases end. Yeah. yeah. But they don't need to know its form. They don't need right. to know the, the words that we associate later on as adults. It's, right. all, it's a game. It's yeah. Fun. It's a game. Exactly. Spiel. Yeah. I, what I appreciate about ORF uh, now is how there are so many points of entry. So, um, like, you don't have to be, like... Um, I'm thinking of it from like a teacher's perspective. You don't have to have all of your level trainings to be able to teach using the ORF process. Like I, I remember going to that um, like Andrea and Michael's uh, presentation and thinking like, oh, that was really fun. That was like mm-hmm. I had such a good time. Like yeah, maybe I'll go to this workshop, and then getting to the workshop i was like oh i don't know this is mm-hmm. like i don't know if i'm ready for this and it's be- kind of cultish at the beginning yeah because right? yeah, they all know the same songs oh, it's yeah, like yeah nobody's wearing I? shoes I know. there's My like shoe. hummus on the table we yeah. were taught by <laughs> <laughs> well not even like level training but just going Before to a first level, orf, yeah. okay. orf workshop yeah, like a oh day. yeah i don't yeah. know any of these songs ding dong ding what <laughs> yeah like, right i don't like why are you all just going to instruments what's happening it was terrifying. Yeah, so, a the bit. Later yeah, and, I, yeah. <laughs> but then we're fully initiated. I feel like that um, kind of like uh, I don't know, like willingness, like different levels of willingness to participate is also built into the process. Mm-hmm. So like um, when you're when you're teaching, you might have kids that 
really want to be on the instrument and so like yes you go mm-hmm. maybe they just want to move okay then you just move maybe Student they choice yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is beautiful it is it's beautiful and scary too like depending on the educator like for me like i love orf and i came similar to mark a systematic approach is like a fine way to approach it but with such open-endedness yeah. it is mm-hmm. very scary and even as someone who's been teaching orf for now two plus years it's it still is scary, but it's a good kind of scary. I mean, and like you're joining in with the chaos and like chaotic harmony. That's kind of where yeah, this that's whole why we named it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool. I just found my uh, my notes from that PD uh, as I was okay. cleaning my classroom out last month, nice. and I was reminded all over again how I just sat there and felt like I could not write fast enough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Andrea's notes are always incredible. Like she is nothing but thorough mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever she presents. Um, and, and so they gave us a very thick packet of both information. Of them are very thorough. <laughs> yes. Both of them were very, very systematic and thorough. Um, but I just remember writing so much and so many of the little nuanced things that they were saying. And, um, and I loved how, uh, they, they said too that a successful lesson, um, you just know from beginning to end, you shouldn't have to refer to anything. You shouldn't have to pick anything up and read it. And the beautiful thing about the ORF process is it lays it out so clearly that mm-hmm. you don't have to. Yeah. It's not a method. It's a process. I think exactly. that's a big differentiation. Method is much more like A goes to B, B mm-hmm. goes to C, as opposed to this process where here's the idea. Mm-hmm. You make it as it goes, and you do learn music along the way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with no. method teaching. No. And like yeah. I know could, like my brief knowledge of Kodai is it's very much that way. It's A to B, B to C, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a different way to teach yes. mm-hmm. and for those people like me who is just squirrel 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 well, what if we tried this well what if we did this like do you have an idea and so it's like it allows it allows it's super student centered mm-hmm. like like you had said earlier crystal and just it's it's student driven mm-hmm. and i think that that's the beautiful thing especially with my population of students who just they've never had an opportunity for someone to be like well what do you think mm-hmm. let's do that Instead of someone telling, like, well, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not a bash on anyone or any other teacher, but it's just, it's giving them the reins of the activity and just stepping back. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a terrifying thing. Yeah. But it's yeah. also a beautiful thing. It is. Well, it's the difference between um, do these steps and imitate to what's already inside of you. Mm-hmm. Can you bring it out? Mm-hmm. And I, I was in second grade a couple of um, months ago and had this amazing moment where I realized that they were all improvising absolutely fearlessly. Mm. And it was incredible. Yeah, awesome. we had the instrument set to C pentatonic and I just told them, there are no wrong notes. If you play the rhythm that we have just practiced or if you come up with your own, you will be successful. You know, try to land on these couple of notes, but <laughs> you know, if you don't, it's not the end of the yeah, world. Right. And we're just going to go around the circle. And it they loved it. And it, it was we're getting we're getting to this place where where ideas flow freely where mm. everybody tries where they have a strong enough internal sense of beat that they can they can try those things so the the wharf process has opened up a lot for me definitely mm-hmm. and i remember too going to that first san diego orf chapter meeting because michael and andrea told us you know you need to check out the orf chapter right. yeah. it's only like 60 bucks for for a you know a membership for the year it was something insanely low and right. you get four workshops um on a saturday and and it's the best training you can possibly invest in uh for yourself as a music teacher and mm-hmm. i was like all right sold i'll go and we all showed up and we, <laughs> we all kind of clung to each other that day <laughs> 
what's happening? Yeah. But it was amazing. And and I remember watching Andrea and Michael and thinking, I like this, but I don't know how to take the chairs out of my classroom. That was um, like they're saying, yeah, I don't know how to allow the kids to play these instruments without it going into complete chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, the first the first presenter that we were all introduced to when we went to that chapter meeting was Tim Wiegand. And we, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, but how he... Uh, how he laid out um, his classroom management strategy for his ORF classroom. Yes. After leaving that workshop that day, I was like, okay, I can try it. I can give this a try, and I might actually be successful. Mm. By golly, it worked. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I missed yeah. that one. Oh, did you know? okay. I can't bring him back for him to come back. Bring him back. Yes. So that summer, we all took level one together, and Lauren was very strategic about what she decided to do with level one. She Mm. intentionally had it held at the district office. So Mm. in the summertime, all, you know, 30 relatively new music teachers to Chula Vista Elementary and our ORF instruments were in the conference room right next door to all the directors for the district, and... uh, and they popped in to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. There's recorder and dancing and and music from the xylophones pouring into the hallways. And it was, that was such an interesting experience. Yeah. yeah. We had lunch together outside the, you know, under the big trees. Right. At the district office. Um, I And I was, yeah. What, did, what do you guys remember that time? I think for me, that's, that's where we, our community grew. And right. that's where our oh, community definitely. Just like we made a stake in the ground, like we're going to do this together and we're going to have fun and we're going to like each other, whether you like it or not, (laughs) you know, and I think it's from that training where we've learned to trust each other, where we've learned to like allow other people to take the lead, to step back and just to observe. Mm -hmm. And I think that it was super crucial and just brilliant on Lauren's part to have it. For so many of us early on in our careers where it's like, well, this is just how we teach. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. And so as we continue to grow as educators and as teachers, like that's our foundation and it's a super solid foundation Mm -hmm. and it's a very collaborative one. And it was it was so much fun. And I think without that training, we wouldn't be nearly as close as we all are now. And our classrooms would look completely different. Right, yeah. Two things on that. Like, first off, like he's saying, you gain trust. You kind of have to trust when... I still remember my second year of ORF, uh, I had Santos, ORF. Mega <laughs> 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 oh. Sosoto. Uh, he was carrying... We were doing this activity with movement. Because remember, music is not just singing or playing instruments, but it's also movement. It's also expressing right. yourself through movement. Right. And I remember we decided, how can we do a creative pose with our bodies? And he decides to go on his back and he lifts his legs up. I, he places his legs on my hips. You gotta learn to trust if you're doing that. Yep. Uh, it was, yeah, it, you get really uh, fun intimacy in that way. But in the same sense, um, the strategy of having it next to, in the district office, it just showcased that, you know, music education is not just for kids. It's not right. just for little ones to learn basic stuff. We, as educators, we know a lot of advanced theory, but yet we were so pulled in by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have these administrators walking in and out who have nothing to do, know nothing, but they're adults. And they see the fun that as adults that we're having. If it can work for us, you know... Um, disenchanted adults who have been through life um, <laughs> if that can you know brighten our day what yep. can that do for little kids mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that was that was kind of um similar to my experience like i was 
I thought like, wow, like I feel so much more creative and like musical than I had in, in years. And um, like having that to kind of like, um, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Yes, springboard, but also, like, hold that at the same time as, like, oh, like, I'm a professional in, this is, like, Mm -hmm. my, you know, this is the, my employer, I'm in front Mm -hmm. of, like, the superintendent, you know, he's dropping (laughs) by and he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, and I'm, like, reconciling, that's the word I was trying to think of, reconciling those two aspects of myself, like, oh, like, I feel like a kid, oh, but I'm an adult and I'm working, it's like, wait, I, this is the job. This is what I do. And it was, like, really exciting. And I think, you know, like, what better way to, like, inspire and combat, like, burnout than to have that, like, to tap into that. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I remember Michael um, saying in that uh, PD that uh, we would do a lot of bonding as a cohort. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in level one. And And that happened. (laughs) It was very prophetic. Um, I I will remember this forever, but... Um, unfortunately, during our ORF level training, one of our colleagues mm-hmm. had lost yes. uh, a relative. Mm-hmm. And one of the activities that our instructor, I believe it was David, mm-hmm. we got tennis balls and we did a movement activity. And it was to the song Spiegel am Spiegel by Arville Part. I probably just butchered that name. But it's this beautiful song that's piano and cello. And we just did this activity and it was do movement. And then once you feel you're ready join someone else in their tennis ball and then move together and then join other people and then at the end we had these i think we finished with two groups of just people coming together and no one said anything no one did anything but there were tears and Mm -hmm. it was just it was such a powerful moment where all we were like if you take a step back and look at it we were just moving with tennis balls Mm -hmm. that's all we were doing but being in that moment and being with that that song particular and just doing it in a response to what like real life Mm -hmm. like it just it shows the connectedness that music has to what we could do and the powerful like what what music is able to do and what movement is able to do and really just bring you together Mm -hmm. and it was it was an activity that just i just i loved and i use that song every year in my Mm -hmm. classroom and Mm -hmm. we do a movement activity to it to tag on to that like Mm -hmm. What you said was very true. Orf is just, it's no longer about learning how music works, but mm-hmm. what is music, and as I like to say, doing music. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, this past year, um, a coworker of ours uh, at my school say passed away. And that was a really difficult... It's a sixth grade teacher. Sixth grade teacher, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was really difficult for our entire uh, school. I think I mentioned this in the earlier podcast, but those who missed out, just pretty much... Um, he was the spirit of our school and it was difficult for these, uh, especially for his students to really process what is death and how am I supposed to emote? And like mm-hmm. we had on-site psychologists. I don't know much, if at all, any kids of his class went to talk to them. Cause like, how do you talk about that? It's mm-hmm. tough for a sixth mm-hmm. grader. And um, so we decided to, I decided to uh, for choir do a song, a, dedicate, a, a song dedicated to him. Um, and similarly to the activity that Mark just mentioned, it's uh, you, we use these gl- um, light-up orbs, essentially. And I told the students, you know, this here is, just imagine this is a memory you have in Mr. C's song, be it mm-hmm. like pos- positive, joyful, um, 
belonging, whatever it is, and be to a similar situation. Again, they chose to do whatever they wanted, and they eventually ended up connecting together. And just it was a sense of release. It was difficult for the kids and also for the audience to watch, but it was a good difficulty, and that just showed me to realign why am I teaching music mm -hmm. is it for perfection is it for hitting those right notes or is it for expression and or definitely allowed myself to um, go toward the, toward the latter it's expression it's a release and that's one thing I find beautiful about Orf yeah definitely yeah. Now, all, all of us teach in populations where we have um, kids who come from um, you know backgrounds where they 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 have trauma that's mm -hmm. um, a, a something that we talk about a lot as a district um, and uh, and I remember David somebody asked him what do you do with a kid who is going through you know tragedy of whatever type really when before we did that tennis ball activity mm -hmm. and he said sometimes they just can't do anything then you just pat the floor and you say you sit next to me and I think about that a lot and I've used that a few times like Hey, buddy, you you can sit next to me today. It's okay. Yeah, yep. and I think that's yeah. And there's there's space for there's space for that. And I think that um, the the Orf approach just builds a lot of trust. You, you like you said, you have to you trust have to. somebody in order to touch them and in order to make music with them, um, and to feel safe moving with them and, and creating. And uh, and that's something that I'm very grateful for. I, getting rid of the chairs in my room and uh, and making room for movement and human connection has been such a game changer. Yeah, and I'm so so thankful for it. It's revolutionized my teaching. Yeah. Let's go into kind of the first year coming off that that emotional high of yeah. level one <laughs> and actually making it happen in your music room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got yeah. any lessons that you want to share that came out of that first year? It could be something that crashed and burned or something that went well. That was a tough year for me. Was it? Because, again, I, it was my reconciliation mm -hmm. with this juxtaposition of wait i've taught things this way and yet this thing was also really cool mm -hmm. um how am i supposed to work things out and i tried to find a middle ground i did a lot of rounds did mm -hmm. a lot of that but as far as the movement like oh, but i'm used to this you know being in chairs i'm used to x y and z mm -hmm. how am i supposed to move past this the first year was rough the mm -hmm. and i remember we um we had a couple of uh, get-togethers like every week or so that um, just decompressing the things we learned and I remember I just sat there and was like I don't know how to put this in my class <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. I was just so frustrated mm -hmm. but like I remember my first year though one thing I wanted is like okay I want to at least utilize something um, and the rounds were something that was very helpful because later on I was able to use that to add into movement Mm -hmm. And again, it was no longer, a, uh, at that point at least, it, we can focus on music, not for the sake of learning the notation, but music for the sake of learning music together. I think that's, uh, yeah, Orf really is about togetherness. And mm -hmm. even if it's just rounds, even if you're not touching anyone, even if you're not doing anything, we're at least together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So say we all. I used a lot of body <laughs> percussion. Um, okay. I I had kind of explored clapping a little bit before before levels training, but then coming out of it, body percussion was something that I used a lot um, because it was new to the kids. It was new to me. And then um, there were multiple activities 
that I just kind of made a staple in what I do. And so one of the activities was sevens. And mm-hmm. so yes. it's, yes. you count to seven, you use body <laughs> percussion, you, you change it up, you turn it into a round. Mm-hmm. And goodness gracious, I use that in all sorts of different ways. Like mm-hmm. I used it with yeah. instruments, I used it... Um, I used it in my band program with notes, and mm. so just I I took that concept of of counting to seven, you know, and just kind of ran with it. And there were a couple others um, that I used uh, the Omochio. Yes. It's a clapping oh, game, yeah. um, and uh, just using just the concept of games mm-hmm. to teach. Right. I think that yeah. was that was yeah. fairly revolutionary to me, and mm-hmm. like it's okay to use a game to teach you know and mm-hmm. i know growing up i would hear like well all you do is play well as a music teacher now like that's better at what i do you know like <laughs> uh-huh. i better play and like i better yeah, engage yeah. these kids because if a kid's is if a kid's playing a game they're engaged right they don't they don't want you to talk to them or talk at them they want to be a part of something mm-hmm. and so whether you're seeing charlie over the ocean and having right. having that happen mm-hmm. or you're you know, playing barred instruments and yeah. working on a classical piece, the kids want to be a part of a game. Right. And yeah. So I think that was a huge takeaway from level one for me. There's that, that Carl Orff quote that I love. I had it on my wall for a while that um, from the beginning of time, children uh, don't want to study. They would much rather play. And if mm-hmm. we have their best interests in mind, we'll let them. <laughs> yeah. huh. And we'll find that at the end of the day, the best learning is child's play. It's something like that. Uh, props probably... to you for remembering that Seriously. much. <laughs> I love Four that. lines are there. I think Boom. it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's great. It's beautiful. And I, I try to keep that in mind. It's just, they, They're brilliant. You they know? really are Our brilliant. Kids are brilliant. I'm mm-hmm. like currently struggling to remember back two years. I'm like definitely still trying to. We've come a long way, baby. Yeah. I remember <laughs> doing Omochio and ginger beer too. And we did yeah. as a fundraiser. We sold ginger beer and mochi. Nice. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> that was fun. I will say though that like the process just goes so deep mm-hmm. into like students learning. Like um, I, in the last week of school, I know this isn't the year the first year now i'm talking about the second year this is just like okay fine fine. um so i like recycled a lesson that i had prepared with third graders for uh informants Mm -hmm. it was rob rob amchin's loose tooth Mm. um with a second grade class because they just had all this energy and i was like okay we're gonna put away the recorders we're gonna do something else and so we do loose tooth and this one student she's like oh i already know it i'm like how do you know it she's like my brother taught me all of it and sure enough she knew all the body percussion she knew the whole poem they by found heart it on youtube no she what? he just taught her everything taught her oh. and i was oh, like that's, so that's great. cool okay you can that's just amazing. take over my job now. that's awesome <laughs> that's so i cool. love that that's so good <laughs> it's really good like, that's that's amazing i know you know yeah. i couldn't believe it I was like, because what? it's a game well i got to go to a um to an orphanage conference by the northern california yeah. Orc chapter um back in uh just a couple months ago and they brought in instructors from um iceland and norway and sweden and it was phenomenal um and one of our nordic instructors taught us um a uh, a game that apparently every six-year-old in norway knows um and it's about the weather and mm. uh it's it's a clapping game and it's a song and he turned it into a round and it gets pretty complicated um and i i ordered these little bird whistles that you put water in and you mm. blow 
mm-hmm. in and it sounds like a bird tweeting. Fun. And um, I ordered a hundred of them and I said, <sighs> and we had contests in every single class from second to sixth grade. And that game swept the playground like wildfire. I We've had that. a lot of rain lately mm-hmm. and all of our schools are like indoor outdoor schools. Like there's nowhere to play if it rains. Right. So our kids been stuck inside a lot. And I just found out like today because I didn't see this happen in real life, but um, all the kids were crammed into the cafeteria to eat and somebody started the game and my principal yes. said the entire cafeteria was doing this. Yes. Like, that's so cool. Isn't that so cool? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I know. That's I was amazing. like, yes. And I totally ran out of bird whistles in like two weeks. Huh. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So how did they earn a bird whistle? So they had to do the whole song in a round in Norwegian. Um, so I've just got them up with no mistakes. So got them up, put them in two teams and Whoa. just started sit down, sit down, sit down. You know, like if they... If they messed up. You know, and going back to the rounds, like, mm-hmm. there is something magical about rounds. Because, like, mm-hmm. I had my little choir this year, and um, they're mostly taller than me. I don't know why I call them little, but uh, <laughs> just term of endearment. So, uh-huh. I, you know, in my mind, I was like, we ended up singing in unison for almost all of our performances because i thought oh it's just like falling apart like oh mm-hmm. but, but they loved singing in the groups and, and like leading mm-hmm. it but then every time we would try it it would like do funky things and then you know our final performance i was like okay let's sing white sand and gray, gray sand as around and mm-hmm. i just like spur of the moment i was like we're gonna do this here's your group here's your group mm-hmm. they did not sing it how i thought it went but they just harmonized that's cool they started when they came when they're you know the second part comes in they mm-hmm. started on a like a harmonized note i was like interesting oh, that was way more beautiful than what we had <laughs> planned really cool it was so pretty i love rounds that tricks them into singing in harmony it, it does. does it's really it's cool so pretty yeah one of the ways that i introduce them is i'll teach the whole class the song and then i ask them like all right your turn to sing it i'm not going to sing it so then they start singing it, and then I turn my back to them and kind of walk around, and I sing it quietly to myself. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. gotten to a point now where as soon as my students see me turn my back, they know it's as soon as I turn my back no. to face them, their hands are like, you turn it into a round, yeah. you did it yeah, right. Like, they're so excited about rounds. I'm like, yeah, now this time I'll sing it to you uh-huh. so you can kind of hear it more. And so just introducing that way, but they're just, they're so excited, and they want to do it. And I had first graders in a four-part round um, to... Ooh. That's going to bug me. I'll think about it. I'll look for it. But I had them singing in four parts, and I had them facing each other and stuff, but they were so excited to do it and to sing it. So their teacher was walking by and was like, come in and watch. And so she did. She was just blown away by it, and it was it was the coolest thing. That yep. is really cool. No, I'm going to look for that song. Yep, you should. I'm going to. Well, I also wanted to touch base with you guys, too, about how um, the ORF training in Chula Vista Elementary School District has revitalized the San Diego ORF chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have commented on it. They were struggling. Um, Our chapter, Mm -hmm. um, their numbers were dwindling um, because there hadn't been music teachers down here uh, in San Diego in such a long time. There were... There were the people who had hung on through the recession and through all the budget cuts and were trying to make a go of it, but um, they were kind of aging out um, as people retired and and new people hadn't come in in so long. And then uh, levels happened, and it's it's just been this infusion of new excitement and new people. It's been cool. Oh, poor bird. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bird. That's, it. That's what it was. <laughs> you got it. And they, okay. came in, they came in the next week singing it. Like oh, I, didn't have to do it. I love it. Right, did we sing that actually as one we of did. our... We did. We did. We did. And I knew we did. I just, <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't remember it. Bird. Oh, <laughs> what bird? <laughs> so, we're but all yeah, about I, the orb around here, man. Well, I think 
a big part of that switch was mm-hmm. I still re- as Mark mentioned earlier like, I mm-hmm. still remember my first time going to um, one of the Orf chapters and it felt cultish yeah but not just cultish <laughs> it was like cultish led by a demographic that was older than me and I felt like it didn't apply to me mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was my own personal bias or if that was just that speaker at the time I don't remember to be, be quite honest mm-hmm. um, wasn't just you bro Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I was intimidated too. I was like. But I, I think the, the, I think, it was the antiquity I felt like the or sorry the, uh, the cultish aspect as we're mm-hmm. gonna coin it from here on, <laughs> was one thing. But I think really it was the antiquity. It's like this isn't this isn't what I'm looking for. Like the songs are older. The songs were older. I remember one person was kind of dressed up as like a. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was just, <laughs> just gonna move on for that one, but yeah, it was just felt like okay, this is catered towards you know, but they did before. How mm-hmm. can I place my own spin on it? But I never understood how I could put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I did the levels. Like, no, this is like that was that speaker doing her style. Yeah. And tr- and you still had fun doing it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't for you. And the, being part of the Orf levels allowed me to oh, this isn't just that what i saw it is mm-hmm. you and now it's your turn to spin your own creativity and how to incorporate that amongst your own classroom yeah, yeah definitely i and that leads very nicely into after level two i think we all felt very empowered to start experimenting yes. and making our own materials instead level one was very much here's a bunch of activities give them a shot and that's what we needed right our first year but level two is more like here's all the theory mm-hmm. <laughs> now um go experiment with it and uh, and here's how you get your kids to play in all the different modes and so. yeah so mark you had a story about that yeah um so coming out of level two I felt more confident using the uh, yellow books. The um, oh goodness, what are they called? The volumes. Music for Thank children. you. The volumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Bible. Um, yeah. So I felt a lot more <laughs> confident using the volumes. So I started mm-hmm. using the volumes more in my classroom. Well, later on, like probably second semester of the year, so probably January, February, we had our annual book sale or book fair. Yeah, Scholastic. So I, yeah, so Scholastic and the PTA they ran it or PTO at our school whatever, whatever. Um, so Small they ran it it was next you. door to my classroom so i walked in and i i looked at some of the books and i looked at the picture books and i found this one about um a porcupine wanting a hug and so i'm like you know what i can orphify this <laughs> and so i bought it and i took it back to my classroom I'm like all right well how can like what 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 can we sing about and so i came up with this little melody a little song like okay well how can i how can we like how can i have a skeleton for xylophones and all these things so i started adding these different pieces onto it and then when i presented it to my class they loved it they had mm-hmm. so much fun with it they mm-hmm. they loved the book they thought it was funny um and then they loved the song they loved playing to it they loved adding to it and so it was just taking all of these things that i've learned on how to kind of put them together and actually putting them together to have a unique piece that's yeah. unique to my students and unique to me in my program which mm-hmm. i thought was a really cool uh, really cool skill to to practice and to start start moving forward with doing that yeah definitely i, I one thing i wonder if i'm just to be a more psa approach sure. like i see a lot of teachers get they really love orf level one mm-hmm it's their way of getting their feet wet. They're the way of just interacting with the ORF process. But I see a lot of teachers getting stuck on, oh, I want to take some stuff from this and place it in my own bag. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, hey, let's try to be transformed by ORF. Because mm-hmm. ORF level two, it's tough. And it's also, it's much more of like, okay, 
now wants you to try and make your own stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you are not, it really takes a mindset of being uh, being allowed to be molded and being allowed to understand it's now your turn to create because yeah. that's all if the, if you can't create your own le- your own lessons based on orf i feel like there's going to be a pushback from the students also unwilling to create mm-hmm. with you right so it's it's gonna sound negative but i really I, if you're going to get into orf i really do encourage you to drink the kool-aid yes definitely join the cult join the cult let it happen let it happen yeah let it happen. i mean and i think there are a lot of resources out there for you to get from um from point a to point b like we were saying like where we were like what's going on Mm -hmm. to Uh imitating to -hmm. now creating like Mm -hmm. on youtube we've said his name so many times but rob amshin Mm -hmm. is he a doctor Doctor Rob. Doctor Rob. Not he is now. Um, if I'm you're a, Dr. if you're a member of the <laughs> National Orf organization AOSA, there's so many videos online, and like mm-hmm. I've I really go to those a lot, where I'm just like, you know, learning from those yeah. who have done it well. So. Definitely, there are so many yeah. good resources on that website. Seriously, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, it, so if you're not ready to just start, it's it's worth the national membership yes. for the video resource alone. Right, yeah. right. The membership's what eighty bucks, sixty bucks, hundred bucks. I don't know. I did three years at a time, so I don't, I don't remember. remember what it was, like, but it's worth it. Whatever it was, yeah. it was like for what you get for what you pay for is just you get a wealth yeah. of response absolutely. and wealth of just knowledge just resources yeah. man yes. like yeah. days and days of lessons and how to do this and right you yeah. know john i think you really hit the nail on the head when you when you talked about the mindset it truly mm-hmm. is a mindset mm-hmm. and it's going from being a consumer of things mm. that other people have created to being a master in your own right and being a master teacher and uh and saying i'm going to now create something and put it into the world and yes. custom tailor it to my children and then yep. put it out there and i love um you know we've talked about trying to collect um songs that fit our population better because there's not a whole lot of uh filipino orf uh materials There's out there not. in the world and we've got a lot of filipino kiddos um and we need to we need to get more songs and stories from mexico in the mix um down since we're all so close to the border mm-hmm. um so we're we're working down here in southern california putting our own stamp on it and i think it's a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. yep yeah lay it on us zoe all right so we'll just pass it around first what? Okay. You can you can open okay, it so up. Too. Describe it. Sure, we've got like a little plastic case, and then there's these little plastic, smaller plastic things. And um, sorry, my mom's calling me. <laughs> hey, mom. Hi, mom. Answer it. Say she wants to be on the podcast. Oh, no. You guys have Phone never in. seen these before. I've never seen these. What are these? Okay, so no those are, are like jacks, but um, this, oh, Korean. Okay, so do you Korean have like a jacks. do you have a ball that you pick so, up? I mean, I, this is only like half of a set, I think, but, um, Can they taste good? don't <laughs> No, I would play. So those I have from middle school, we would play with those. Sorry. We would play with those, um, during PE. <laughs> John, don't eat it. John. <laughs> <laughs> they make a fun noise. They They're just lots make of different colors. Noise. Fascinating. Oh, I totally got something you can do with these. Okay. Eat it. (laughs) They do like like candy. They do. I've never seen them before. Okay. You want to go first? Yeah, I think you assign a body part to a color. 
and then you roll them out mm -hmm. like from from the dish that they're like die yeah and then whatever the majority of that color is you have to either move that body part or you have to uh we did an activity in levels training where it's like you had to put that many body parts on the ground or on the floor and so kind of using that but with these instead where we'll see we have blue so blue could be like your shoulders green can be your hips or your knees and whatnot and then whatever the majority is you can either move that or put that on the floor or not yeah i mean that's fine too i like these i sorry i like the use of uh color to be a way of selection of something i Mm -hmm. I personally maybe i would choose like okay guys we got four options what do you want to sing today oh wait you don't get to choose these guys get to choose and the majority picks not the majority picks whatever color so maybe they can choose what each color would be for which song and then boom Uh, just pull one out and orange you're gonna sing ginger beer or boom orange or yellow you get to sing whatever yeah okay Cody crystal i'm seeing iconic notation Mm. So um, I would get out little index cards, and I would I would say these are uh, these are your notes. And so if we wanted to attach the different colors to a specific note on the xylophone, we could. Or I would just say like, here's a ta, there's tt, you know, yeah, blank okay. card would okay. be a rest. I yeah. You guys are amazing. I honestly thought, oh, here's a shaker in my closet. I'm gonna bring this. <laughs> And the cool thing is, like, individually, they do make each cool one, noises. Because inside each individual one, they have a little bit of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's one. They're, they do make a really fun little thing. Cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. All right, who has the round of the week? Round of the week. We are seeing Come Follow by John Hilton. It's appropriate you picked a song name with a composer named John. Except I'm Jonathan. That's the proper way of spelling. You don't know what his full name is? I do. It's J-O-H-N. You don't know that? You can spell it funny. My name's spelled with a C. So anyways, we are doing Come Follow in the key of B. If you know B, do not judge us for singing incorrectly. Come follow, 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 follow me. Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. Come follow, 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 follow me. Come follow, 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 follow me. Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. One and two together. Come follow, 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 follow me. Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. Clearly you're more advanced than I had predicted. So Clearly. Sorry. Clearly. It's like we're all music teachers or something. What? Okay. So, uh, Zoe, you me? Sure. And then Crystal Mark? Cool. Let's cool. get it. Should we Bring do Duty first and then Zoe's? <laughs> Together first and then do yep. rounds? One, two, everyone. Come follow, 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 follow me. Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. Come follow, 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 follow me. Whither shall I follow, follow, follow? Whither shall I follow, follow thee? To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree. To the greenwood, to the greenwood, to the greenwood, greenwood tree.
Nice. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. This is Chaotic Harmony. John, where can we follow you? You can follow me at Mr. Seligman on the Twitterverse. That's at M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. <laughs> you can follow me at Ms. Kumagai. You can follow me on Twitter at Finny Vappa. And you can follow me at Mr. Keemer. K-E-H-M-E-R. Oh, I like that jingle. <laughs> and you can follow all of us at Greenwood Tree. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm Is that our new website name? We changed no. our to the Greenwood Tree. To the Greenwood Tree. Yeah, follow us to the Greenwood Tree. <laughs> We've just renamed our show to the Greenwood Tree. You are listening right. to the Greenwood Tree. <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. Keep it chaotic and harmonious. The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kemer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com. 